What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike, a.k.a. Mike D. And if you are a fan of the Batman or really just superhero movies in general, I think you're really going to like this week's episode. I have a couple interviews coming up with the cast and the production designer on the movie. So a lot of fun behind the scenes insight on how that movie was made. In the movie review, we're talking about Senior Year, which just came out on Netflix, starring Rebel Wilson. And in the trailer park, we finally got the first look at the Avatar sequel. And I'm a little bit more interested in this movie now. So, so many things to cover on this episode. I'm glad that you're here. And if you're listening on Monday, special shout out to the Monday Morning Movie Crew. You already know what it is. Let's talk movies. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. The Batman is in the running to be my favorite movie of 2022. I love the movie theater experience of this movie. Even rewatching it back on HBO Max, I was surprised that I liked it even more. So if you haven't done that yet, I highly encourage it. And today I'm getting to talk to some of the people who starred in the movie and also worked on the movie. But even if you haven't seen the movie, I still think you'll enjoy these conversations because it's a lot of cool behind the scene things that we don't always get to learn about. So first up is my conversation with James Chinland. He is the production designer of The Batman. He has been building worlds in movies and TV shows for the last 25 years. Some of his credits include Requiem for a Dream, which came out back in 2000, The Avengers, The Lion King, and most recently, The Batman. And on this movie, he was responsible for the look of the Batmobile. He also worked on all of the set design. And he used this really cool technology to create the world of Gotham to be something that the actors could actually interact with. So they weren't just looking at a green screen the whole time. We'll talk about all that. I also, of course, have to ask him about the Avengers. So here we go. Let's talk to James. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so awesome to get to talk to you. I've 
you know, talked to a lot of directors and actors on my podcast, but it's the first time I've talked to a production designer. And this is kind of the stuff that really excites me, the behind the scenes of how you create a world, especially mm -hmm. with a movie like The Batman. So really excited to get to talk to you. Me too. Thanks, man. So I obviously want to get into the creation of the Batmobile and the feeling of Gotham. But when you meet somebody for the first time, how do you describe what you do? The quick one is we're responsible for everything you see in the film, other than people and um, what they're wearing. You know, I think, you know, we're responsible for um, the set, the location, um, the props, the vehicles, the all of the feelings, uh, basically all the space, the geography of the film. And that also entails like a ton of um, logistical stuff, like working with the cinematographer, figuring out, you know, is there room for the camera? How would this shot work? So it really, the thing I love most about my job is it touches all departments that basically we're sort of like the, the UN for the film. We have to go around and talk to each department and make sure their needs are being met and simultaneously also deliver like a, a cohesive piece of design for the movie um, that is, you know, in step and hopefully amplifying the narrative ambitions of the, the director. So starting with the Batmobile and, and the design and the look of it, does it start with like a sketch from Matt Reeves? Do you go back and research like all the Batmobiles that have been featured in other movies? Like where does the concept begin? Well, I think in, in our case, I think we were all led by Matt's take on Bruce and the fact that Bruce was a um, sort of a do-it-yourself sort of guy who had like turned his back on Wayne Industries and was sort of doing it all with his own hands. So I think we knew that the car needed to be something that you felt his hand on and and hopefully as an audience member you looked at it and you said you know if i had the right skill set i could probably build that car in my garage that was sort of like what we were hoping for so the idea that maybe he would use pieces of other cars and sort of kit bash them together you know sort of just taking what he needed and and assembling it so we really wanted you to see the way it was built and make sure that was a part of it and in terms of the access to that design i think you know, we were literally looking at fragments of cars and different pieces and and details that we that we liked. And we sort of we knew the mission and what we wanted it to do. And then we leaned into some amazing illustrators um, into and, and got their help as we sort of started to hone it together into into a cohesive whole. And the Batmobile we see in the movie is it a fully functional vehicle? That's what we're most proud of. I mean, we built four, uh, the team, I should say, built four Batmobiles, one fully electric, um, and then three combustion engine cars. And they perform like crazy. I mean, all those stunts you see, you're actually seeing that car do it, you know? Um, and um, we're just, no other Batmobile in history has performed the way our car did, you know, and the stunt guys were so excited to get their hands on it, you know, put it through its paces. And I think it really shows in the chase. It's one of the most visceral mm -hmm. car chases I've ever experienced. And uh, yeah, I mean, Dom Tui, the special effects um, coordinator and his team just did an amazing job, um, you know, bringing that kind of raw visceral physicality to it. I think that's one of the most pivotal parts of the entire movie that 
chase scene got me the most hype while watching the movie <laughs> and knowing that now that actually happened and actually went down just adds so much more to it and i think a lot of that is from robert pattinson's performance how much did he actually get to drive the batmobile before and how much does he actually do during the filming of the movie i mean he's in the car a lot whether he's actually controlling it or not there was a there was a um the guys built a uh, what's called a pod car so rob's at the wheel. And then there's a stunt driver like in a, in a pod on the top, on the roof, who's actually doing it. But, you know, in a way, I think that even (laughs) speaks more to Rob's bravery and intensity to be actually like driving in this car while someone else is actually putting you through all that stuff. So, um, but he drove it a bit and um, he certainly put it through his paces himself. So, and I think all of those things come through. I think you feel that in the film you feel the sort of sweat and and um burning rubber and rain and all those things i think it really comes through in the final product did you get to drive it at all i did i did dream come true that's amazing yeah i know i know i was so excited so the other thing about this movie that really just kind of grabbed me is that i feel like it's the best iteration of all the characters but the character that i feel sometimes people don't really talk about is the city of Gotham itself. It has a presence in this movie that feels like, like it's its own driving force. And I think a lot of that is due to the technology you guys use. I believe it's the led volume screens. Yes. Like how, how did that tech work to help the actors feel like they were more like involved in the scene and in that environment, aside from just being behind like a green screen or a blue screen. It's fairly obvious. Like um, the difference between, you know, um, staring at a piece of fabric and then looking out into a, you know, a city that's fully realized for you with like wind blowing and helicopters flying by and traffic. I mean, it was so exciting to be able to, um, you know, often as a designer, we'll design something and then hope that it comes together in post and we're at the premiere and we sort of see it all come together. But this was you know, the first time in my career where I'd, I'd actually been able to design something and see it fully realized on camera during the shoot. And um, yeah, it was just so, so exciting to be able to bring all that together. Greg was obviously, you know, really leaning into the tools and making sure that, you know, the scene we shot sunset and dusk and dawn, you know, taking advantage of those low light opportunities. And I think, the actors really felt it, you know, and I, I think it really came through in their performance. You also worked on the Avengers, which you worked in DC and Marvel, and I believe you grew up in New York City. I did. So getting to design something like the Stark Tower, having growing up there and, you know, knowing exactly like what the city layout is, how was that process of like, okay, I'm going to create something that's not actually here, but make it feel like it is in New York City? It's just like I pinch myself at the dream, dream come true of it all. You know, Stark Tower for me as a kid, I'd always looked at the Pan Am building and um, I feel like what we did, whether we actually realized it or not, is going to live forever in the history of New York as a piece of architecture. That'll always be at least a footnote to that building's history that people will say, and it was used in Avengers and in this way. And so I think, you know, I mean, we're building architecture and worlds that live 
forever in people's imaginations, you know? And so I think in the same token, like going into Gotham and figuring out, you know, like I have this opportunity to carve out sort of a new space for the fans of Batman to, to dream. And, 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 um, you know, it's as a designer, it's, it's the greatest gift to be able to touch people in that way. And what is the next project you're working on? I don't know. I'm just working on getting <laughs> through these interviews today. Um, yeah, I don't know what's coming next. Are you always just like designing and making notes in your head of like you go out in public and maybe you see like a landscape or you see like a skyline that speaks to you? Do you always just keep like record of all those things, take pictures? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's 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 um, that's a designer's greatest resource is, you know, just um, the more you design, the more you are able to see in the world and details that you notice that maybe other people might cruise through. I think, you know, we tried to bring all that to the development of Gotham. You know, I think there's so much, so many things you don't see that are hidden in the shadows, but the team, you know, the level of detail that we brought to those sets, every square inch of the back lot and Riddler's apartment, you know, I mean, there they, we went so deep. Any book you opened, you know, it was fully relevant to his past. So I think, yeah, we try as a designer, you try and just, you know, catalog the world and and bring those feelings back to the film. Well, it was great talking to you, James. Really appreciate the you time. You too. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Up next, we'll talk to Charlie and Max Carver, who are twin brothers, and they play these two guards at the Iceberg Lounge. And here's just a little bit of their scene and interaction with Robert Pattinson as the Batman. You know who I am? Yeah. I got an idea. I want to see the penguin. I don't know what you're talking about, pal. What's the problem? Says he wants to see the penguin. Penguin? You're no penguin here. That's what I tried to tell him. Get out of here, freak. You hear me? That little suit's going to get all full of blood. Mine are yours. So I want to know what it's like to take a beating from Robert Pattinson. What kind of work goes into that? So here we go. Let's talk to Charlie and Max Carver. How are you guys? Hey, how are you? (laughs) Great to talk to you guys today. I am such a huge fan of your work in The Batman. I think the movie is a masterpiece. And you guys play the guards at the Iceberg Lounge. And I found that your characters are the only ones, really, that get to see Robert Pattinson as both the Batman and also as Bruce Wayne. So what is this, how is this energy different when you see him in those two different roles? It's, it's funny. I remember reading the script and, and thinking of the traditional Bruce Wayne as I was reading it, like this billionaire playboy out there doing all this stuff. And I remember on the day when we're shooting the moment where, where Bruce comes up to the club mapping like, no, he's no one's seen him. He's a recluse. And and just being like, what? It was such a different <laughs> <laughs> interpretation and I, I quite frankly i loved it of of this wounded kid who's who's got so much trauma um trying to find a way to to maybe overcome that and not look at it and and what i thought was so special about this film is even when when rob was had transformed into the batman and his vengeance you can see in his eyes in every single scene he's still carrying that pain from his childhood. And it's what it, it's what makes this movie sing to me is that there's a, a vulnerability to Batman that I, I don't remember seeing in other films. And and the contrast between the two energetically, it's absolutely captured on film. But when when we'll start with Bruce, when when Rob walks up and he's Bruce Wayne, you know, it was this different kind of 
reclusive, withdrawn thing that was so uh, interesting to respond to. And then when when he came to the door as the Batman, I mean, we'd rehearsed stuff with the stunt team for for weeks, you know, kind of preparing for some of these bigger action sequences. And Rob was precise, but so ferocious compared to what we'd even <laughs> be rehearsing. It was, I mean, you see it. He's just this, you know, kind of piston or what have you. Yeah. Um, it was... It's it's really nice to see the final product and and to get to see that contrast on camera because shooting yeah. it you definitely felt it. So yeah. what is that rehearsal like? Because in the movie you both take a punch to the face. Like how does that end up looking believable? Well, we we actually got punched in the face. Actually got punched. No, <laughs> I was gonna say that would be amazing because it looks so real. Yeah, yeah. You got, it's all about the snap. Uh, quite <laughs> frankly, you got to sell it. It's the snap and the sound, and really not just working on that rehearsal of, of those specific moves, because they might change on the day, but working with the stunt team for weeks to do martial arts, to get those movements right, to be ready to kind of do anything, because you might change your mind on the day about what you want to shoot or how you want it to read. And to just get this really enough confidence to have a sense of connection while it's happening, because it might be it'll change. You know, one take might be like, bah, bah, bah. another one might be really quick. And it's just about being with what's in front of you and, and having enough experience on your belt, hopefully to, to just work with it. Um, Cause it's, it's kind of almost like a really violent dance. But if Matt Reeves came to you both and said, I'm going to need you to take a punch to the face for this scene to make it look totally believable. Would y'all have said yes? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been announced as coming back for the sequel. Robert Pattinson's coming back. Will your characters be returning? Oh, I wish oh, I could yeah. answer that question, but I'm under legal, legal obligation to say <laughs> nothing on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> could you say anything whenever you found out you got the role, like just to each other? Was that it? Pretty much just to each other. Certainly not to our mom because uh, <laughs> she loves to keep a secret. And uh, No, she doesn't. Gotten, that certainly would have gotten out. Um, we, yeah, we kept it to ourselves. At a certain point, we were in London for so long that we kind of had to acknowledge that we were filming something. But it was fun to keep secret uh, and then really fun to have it be out in theaters and have, you know, lots of old friends be like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time and hopefully see you in the next one. Thank you. Oh, man, <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you. you. So I always have to ask what you're working on next. Not that I expect them to actually tell me like, oh, well, I'm working on the Batman 2 right now and this is the process we're in. I know they can't say that stuff. But if I had to speculate from the answers they gave in response to that, much like Matt Reeves is back on as director, much like Robert Pattinson is coming back, and how these movies have to be so secretive of not letting anybody know what they're working on, I would just speculate that not only are they coming back, but they're already starting some pre-production on this or at least getting the juices flowing because even seeing interviews after with Robert Pattinson, like he knew he had that role back when he was filming Tenet. And if they're already making announcements about the director and the cast, I feel like that's already in the works, but they just can't say anything. So totally respect that, but hoping they do return because I would love to talk to him again. And I would really just like to become friends with James so that maybe someday I can also live out my dream of driving the Batmobile. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. 
So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from a life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger. And we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Going to get into a movie review now. Let's talk about Senior Year, which is available on Netflix. And my wife, Kelsey, is joining me for this review. How are you? I'm great. I feel like this was a little bit more of your style of movie. Would you agree? Yes. I watched the trailer like a month ago and I was like, we've got to watch this. <laughs> so I, would, I don't even need to play the trailer here, but it's about Rebel Wilson's character who she is 17 years old at the beginning of the movie. Her life in high school isn't going the way she wants. So she sets out to become the most popular girl in school becomes the captain of the cheerleader team, gets the boyfriend of her dreams and thinks everything's going to be great. And then they're having, it's like a pep rally, right? Yeah. And they throw her up in the air. She hits the ground and wakes up 20 years later at 37 years old. And then she tries to go back to high school to achieve that dream of becoming prom queen. I thought the premise was pretty good. I mean, it was nothing original. It was kind of like 17 again with Matthew Perry at Zac Efron. But I think anything Rebel Wilson does is pretty funny. And it was funny to see the actress who played her younger version of herself kind of like emulate her. It, yeah. It like at the beginning, we were even like, wow, like the younger <laughs> her feels like she's trying to be like Rebel Wilson. Picked up like on her mannerisms and just the way she kind of. Just their comedic style in general. Also kind of reminded me of like the Adam Project with the kid who plays a younger Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Also kind of acted and talked like him. But did you think it was funny? It wasn't not funny. That's how I feel about it. It wasn't hilarious. And I thought it was going to be raunchier because it's rated R. Rated R? Yeah. I guess it's more for the Language. language. Early on, I felt like it was kind of the same joke over and over. About like uh, all the 2000s references and her not getting, you know, everything going on now. So it wasn't like laugh out loud funny, but it was pretty entertaining. And it's kind of like a throwback to a 2000s movie. But like you said, nothing super original. Yeah, it kind of felt like in the genre of like a she's all that. Like it tried to be like an early 2000s comedy kind of. I think the thing it did make me think about if you were to go back to high school your senior year, 
What kind of student were you? Because she was head of the cheerleading team. She was like that most popular girl. If you went back to high school as an adult, what role would you be going back into? Extreme nerd. Yeah, I was the president of the math club my senior year. How does one become president of the math club? I think I was the only one that ran. Looked great on my resume. You know, would compete? No, we would <laughs> we would take these like once a month like test after school, but anything that you got right was like extra credit towards your like actual math class. And I was in calculus that year. So I was like, great, give me any extra credit, please. (laughs) I have this reoccurring dream that I'm always back in high school. I think I probably have it like once every couple months. And I always go back. It's always the same dream of me being there and never graduating and being credit short. So I go back as an adult. Lunchbox in college. Basically, I always have this, this thing going on. I don't know what it means, but for me, I didn't love, I, I never got bullied in high school. I just didn't have any friends in high school. I didn't have great friends until like second semester of my senior year. And one of them I'm like still friends with to this day. Cause one of my best friends from freshman year moved our sophomore year. And then I had another really good friend, but she ran cross country and was always busy. So I didn't really have like a ton of friends. I was pretty much a loser. Same. I- like not like a loser. Like I had friends. I was in like the nerdy cool. I feel like. Like I was a cool nerd, maybe. I guess I was kind of a, I don't think I was a cool nerd though. I just had no friends. I didn't talk. So no one talked to me. I don't feel like anybody, at least in high school, didn't like me. They just, I felt like I didn't exist. And even the so quote unquote friends I did have, like I was in a, in a band when I was in high school with other, you know, seniors. And even then they wouldn't really hang out with me like at school. Like I ate lunch a lot. And I think it was more early on in school where I got bullied. And then I think I just kind of recessed into like this, don't talk to anybody, don't mess with anybody because I didn't want to get bullied again. But if I went back to high school, I guess I would just be basically what I am now. Also in this movie, it's kind of that contrast, which kind of reminded me of 21 Jump Street when they go back to high school and they're like, oh, everything's changed now. Like high school students are nice. And they got rid of the prom queen, prom king, so they have to reinstate it. Did you even go to, you went to prom, right? I did go to prom. Is it, would you have regretted it looking back if you didn't go? I think I would have regretted not spending that night with my friends, but our prom was nothing special. I don't regret not going. I mean, I don't think you missed anything. It didn't seem fun to me. Like I didn't want to go hang out and not dance with anybody and kind of be in the corner the whole time. I don't regret it at all. So would you recommend this movie if somebody is into looking for a nice comedy? Overall, I would recommend this movie if you just kind of want something lighthearted. You don't really have to pay attention to. You're just wanting to turn the TV on and sit down and probably scroll your phone. And the soundtrack is good. Was it? It's well, it's all 2000 songs. That's right. That's right. I, I felt like that was the, mo- the thing I enjoyed the most. Yes, of like, because oh. I remember they played Say La Vie by Bewitch and I started bopping along to that. The nerd in me did find the inconsistencies, though, because if she was in a coma in 2002, a lot of those songs they played that she referenced were like 2003-ish, 2004, if you're being specific here. That that was my critique on the movie. All right. But I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was going to be funnier, but I did like the kind of nostalgia aspect of looking back at the 2000s that way. I just feel like the movie I want to see is not like... Here's all these references that you remember. I just want like a 2000s movie 
to be made in 2022, kind of like Turning Red was. It was just in the 2000s. It wasn't referencing everything. It was just kind of like people living in that time. I think it's time for that now. I kind of have more of a grasp of what like pop culture was then, fashion. I think we all kind of look back at those songs and can kind of put a place to where we were. And also it brings us back to a good time. So I think that's why some people would watch and enjoy this movie. I mean, the fashion from the early 2000s is cyclical and it's coming back. So we're just, we're kind of <laughs> reliving we're, in the early 2000s. We're at that mark now. Benefer's back together. Uggs are back. I mean, it's kind of 2002 again. I mean, yeah. Emo is as popular now, I feel like, than it was back then, which was weird going back to talking about high school. It wasn't really cool to be into emo. This is Mike's <laughs> therapy session. Yes, I think that's what I got made fun of the most was like wearing all black and people making fun of the music I listened to. Okay, but you did also have a chain wallet from Hot Topic. Yes. Okay. I'm, and bracelets and studded belts. I'm not going to say I would have made fun of you, <laughs> but I can kind of see <laughs> But now I feel like all that stuff is cool again, and it's cool to be proud of liking that type of music. Back then, I didn't feel that. And also a lot of those bands that people talk about now as being like their favorites, like My Chemical Romance and Paramore, it's just cool to like those bands now. It wasn't back then. You got made fun of for liking that kind of music. Can we tell the story about Paramore not being one of your favorite bands? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a, here where we do this podcast, I have a signed poster of Paramore and they got announced for the ACL lineup. And the band I was most excited about was not them, but Phoenix. And I came in your office and I was like, I'm surprised you weren't more excited for Paramore. And you look at me and you go, well, I mean, Paramore is not really one of my favorite bands. And I just turn around. <laughs> but let me tell you what else he has on this wall. So mm -hmm. it's a signed Simpsons script, mm -hmm. a signed Childish Gambino letter, a signed Green Day Drumhead. Drumhead. And then Paramore. So all of your other favorite things. So one would assume. <laughs> and then also on that wall, you have a flag, like from one of your Lawrence Arms favorite bands. So one would assume that's like the wall of favorites, although I'm not on there. So maybe I shouldn't have assumed. <laughs> You're on the desk, though. But I, t I pointed to it and I was like, then what? what's the signed poster for? The story behind I do like Paramore. I'm not super into all of their albums. I'm kind of a poser fan because I only like basically their singles and their hits. I don't think I could go to a Paramore concert and enjoy the entire thing. But I got that poster because they were in the radio station. They did an interview on the pop station. I tried to get a picture with them and they were like, no, nah, they're in and out. Couldn't do it. But here's a signed poster. So I also at one point debated whether I even kept that thing or not. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Put it up on the wall. That is the origin of that poster. Okay, I derailed this podcast. Sorry. It's all good. Uh, if you're, Yeah, if you're looking for something, an easy watch with some popcorn, a little nostalgia, worth it. Otherwise, you could probably skip it. But if you had to give it a rating, what would you give? 3.25 out of 5 calculators. I'd probably go 3 out of 5 juicy couture sweat pants combos what are those called sweatsuits sweatsuits with like juicy across the butt yes i would give it that and that is what we think about senior year <laughs> <laughs> you deserve a moment to yourself every single day and a delicious bite of a keebler sandies can give you that comforting pause don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 
Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Now it's time for the part of the podcast where I break down a movie trailer of a film coming to you very soon in theaters or streaming in a segment we call... It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. And I talked about it a couple weeks ago when it was revealed at CinemaCon, the first look at the new Avatar movie, and I haven't been that excited about it. I did rewatch Avatar in preparation for this. I don't know why I'm getting prepared for this movie, but I felt the need to, and it was just sitting there on Disney+, Plus, so I decided to watch it. And I gotta say now... I'm a little bit more excited for this movie, but before I get into all that, here's just a little bit at the look of the new Avatar trailer, which is called The Way of the Water, and it's coming out on December 16th. I know one thing. Wherever we go, this family is our fortress. So it's crazy to me that after 13 years, it still looks relatively the same. I don't know what I was expecting, like them to create an entirely new world. It still feels very much like Pandora, but the characters look a little bit more crisp. And I feel like the movie's starting to make a little bit more sense now. And I think the reason I didn't love Avatar as much as maybe everybody else did, or as much as people hyped it up to be, is while the visuals are amazing, I felt like the story was a little bit boring. And even as I watched it back on Disney+, Plus. I realize as I'm watching that movie, it's undeniable that it is a really great achievement in cinema and James Cameron knows how to create a blockbuster. And that's what Avatar is. It's the highest grossing movie of all time at $2.8 billion. It actually beat out Avengers Endgame after it was re-released in theaters in China last year. So I feel like it's just always going to be the highest grossing movie. Do I think Avatar The Way of the Water will be? Probably not, but it's still going to make a lot of money. But after watching this trailer, I feel like this movie will have the better story. You don't have... I just felt like there was nothing original about the first movie of this outsider coming, trying to be like one of their own, and then the bad guys coming, and then being like, oh, we didn't trust you the entire time. Like, that's what Avatar was. It was essentially 
dances with wolves, but with blue people. And I think when you take away that spectacle of seeing Pandora for the first time, you take away that 3D. The only thing I still really enjoy about that movie is the final battle scene when it is the characters in Avatar and also the real life humans. And that's just a really fun fight scene. I feel like that was the best moment of that movie. I could have fallen asleep about halfway through, woken up at that and been fine. So that movie is a boastful two hours and 42 minutes and there's still no official runtime on what the sequel will be, but it's rumored to be around that same mark, two and a half hours to three hours is what we're expecting here. And that's just what James Cameron does. I mean, the Titanic is three hours and 14 minutes, but I don't think we really remember that. I remember the two VHS tapes, but I just wonder if audiences will be as excited to go back to the theaters 13 years later and sit down and watch this for three hours. And I don't want to sound like a James Cameron basher, which is what I've been accused of before on this podcast. I just feel like when it comes to my favorite directors, I can always tell their work by seeing their voice through the movie, whether it be the editing technique, the casting, the storytelling, the writing, the dialogue. To me, there's just something important about watching something and knowing pretty quickly like who made this because of the style, whether it be Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, Steven Spielberg, Zack Snyder, like they all just have a distinct style. When I watch a James Cameron movie, I don't really feel that. I think his style is just making a blockbuster that makes a lot of money. So I think that's it. He's just in the business of stacking mountains of cash. But again, that comes out this year on December 16th. And they shot Avatar 2 in 2020. And at the same time, they shot Avatar 3, which is coming out in 2024. And then Avatar 4 is coming out in 2026. And Avatar 5 is scheduled to come out on December 22nd, 2028. So I hope we are all ready for this. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that's going to wrap it up for another week of the podcast. And before I hop out of here, what I do every single week is give the listener shout out. Whether it be an email, moviemikeD at gmail.com, a DM, a tweet, or a comment over on the Facebook page. And that's where I'm going today. Every single week, you can find the podcast actually posted there. If you're somebody who happens to listen to podcasts on Facebook, at least for now, I know they're going to take it away pretty soon, but you can do that there. And this is a comment on last week's episode from Woody Boyd. Woody writes, listening at 4 a.m. Kind of late for me, but I finally remember to screenshot me listening to this and decided to post it. Have a swell Monday. So appreciate that, Woody. Here's your shout out for being a very early or late listener, as you put it. Happy to have you as a part of the Monday Morning Movie Crew. And also, if you enjoyed this week's interview, go over to my Instagram or TikTok at Mike Distro, or you can find the links in the description of this episode and leave a comment. Let me know what you thought, or if you don't want to write any words, just leave some lightning bolts, the lightning bolt emoji. I'll go like all those comments. Have a great rest of your week. I'll talk to you next time. But until then, go out and watch good movies. Later. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, 
or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.